you're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey guys, today on the podcast, I'm sitting down to talk with Amy Milne. She was a author in my new book, Whisper, which is coming out so soon. And Amy is also just a badass businesswoman, and you guys are going to love hearing what she is up to. So Amy is one of Canada's go-to experts in marketing and event creation, and this girl knows how to throw an event. She lives up in Blue Mountain, and she has been building a beautiful life for her and her family there in the last few years. So she is a former in-house event planner for some of Canada's largest charity organizations, and she's worked on the Weekend to End Breast Cancer, the Ride to Conquer Cancer, and multi-day fundraising events in Canada. Her experience is so, so cool because she's worked with so many nonprofit organizations, and then she co-founded the Pop-Up Event Company and Beyond Fundraising, Inc. She also has the B-Bar which is a really cute cocktail drink bar that goes to events up in her area. I just can't wait for you guys to hear more about what she's been up to. I absolutely love when a woman's career is has this much variety, right? And they've really leaned into what they're passionate about, where their strengths lie, and made a living out of that. She's always having so much fun online. You guys are going to want to follow her there too. She can ski right out from her house to the hill. She is, yeah, she's she's living the life. So enjoy this conversation with Amy and I. Hope you guys are having a great day. Make sure you tag us both and let us know where you're listening from and what your takeaways are. Welcome to Amy. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks. Super excited to be here. So you are... In Collingwood, as we record right now, right? Actually in Blue Mountain. There is a distinct differentiator. Most people don't know that, but there is. Can you see the mountain from where you are right now? I can walk to the mountain from where I am. Were you there for opening day? I what? I did the one and only ski day of the year so far. Yes. Opening day is actually a stat holiday in our house. So opening day, nobody has to go to school, nobody has to go to work. We just go ski. Amazing. Was it good? Yeah, it was great, actually, considering it's Ontario skiing in November. Or Dece- where are we? December. But yeah, no, it was fun. It's just <laughs> it's just fun to like get back out, do the first few runs, get on the hill. Just enjoy- It's the vibe. It's the energy that is just so awesome. The music's pumping. People are just people are just happy. Like to just be around happy people is it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. OK, so. This is what drew you there. So we're going to get you to tell us about how you got to Blue Mountain and 
that story. Please start there. <laughs> okay. In a million years, never thought I would live in Blue Mountain next to a resort. I have zero connection to Blue Mountain. I had maybe been here three, four times in my entire life before we moved. I had never even skied the mountain before I got here. My husband had family, has family up here, and he was the inspiration to getting here. He had a friend who lived on our street and he fell in love with being able to, you know, come up here in the off season or sorry, in the like early parts of the week and ski, not the off season, but to be able to, to ski when, you know, not on a weekend. So all of a sudden it's a Monday. It's beautiful. It's snowing. It's gorgeous. And you're able to walk into the village and there's not that many people here. There's just the locals. And my husband fell in love with that. And we had lived, he had lived in Whistler when I was in grade 13 and he had graduated because we've known each other that long or been together that long. And then we lived in Banff together. So we chose to live at Blue Mountain versus in Collingwood because we actually wanted to live in a resort town versus in a small town. And there's a difference, right? Like there's, there's a difference. There's a different vibe. There's different things that happen versus living in a small town. So even though they're side Plus by your, side. Your, your Starbucks drinks like three times the price. Well, it is, but I'm a five by seven member, so it's actually discounted. And then if you get a job at the mountain, like I did, which is a great story for fun, you then get 40% off. So you just figure out how to make it cheaper. You work the system. It's, it was all part of the plan. All the plan. That's amazing. And so we had always talked about, we wanted, you know, having grown up in the beach area of Toronto, had the water, always the water and the water is a big source of healing for me. It's a place of joy. And, you know, I haven't been, I was a Muskoka kid growing up, not because my parents had a cottage there, but because I always found my way there. And so water was important and we wanted to be able to ski. We wanted something to do in the winter. And my husband's a Toronto firefighter. So we had to be able to commute. And then we're like, oh, well, we should do this when we retire. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Why would we wait? Like, I don't know if when I can retire, I'll be able to ski, you know, or want to be in the <laughs> snow full time or what have you. And and enjoy it. So we said, all right, let's start looking now. And that's a great idea until your person says, oh, and by the way, I only want to live on one street, just one. I was like, oh, we're going to like move to the woods. We're going to have property. We're going to do this. It's like, no, I would just like to live on one street. So like, that's great. Thanks for killing the dream because nobody sells their house on our street because it's the perfect street. Because it's literally, we can walk to the south chair. Like we, you wow. throw your ski gear on and you walk across the street. Out of my bathroom window is the Westin. You know, we're like, we're right here. So who wants wow. to give that up? So we actually, in the end, I believe in manifestation and the universe having your back. Because clearly my husband's vision was very clear. And so we ended up word of mouth, heard about a woman who wanted to sell her house. Oddly enough, she wanted to sell it to a firefighter and his family. And so I found her. She was running a bed and breakfast. So our house was a bed and breakfast in the area for 30 years. And I called her and I had a great conversation with her. And we showed up in her front door one snowy January Monday. And she opened the door and said, welcome to your new house. And I was like, well, that's great. We haven't bought it yet. And secondly, there's a carpet in the bathrooms. So I don't know if that was a part of my vision. However, <laughs> and not just one carpeted bathroom, but four carpeted bathrooms. So anyhow, we did our walkthrough through the house and fell in love. Knew there was a lot of potential because the bathrooms are still carpeted. So we knew there was a lot of potential and it was on the right street at the right time. And she basically said, it's yours, but you can't have it till the end of August. This was January. So she said, I want this price. 
And it's yours at the end of the summer because she wanted to have one more full experience in the house. And we totally got it. Her husband was aging and ailing. And so we we're like, absolutely. We didn't want to move our kids. Like we always, you know, wanted our kids to finish out school. Our eldest was graduating grade eight and we wanted him to graduate with his friends. And then we packed up and in between getting our house in September here and leaving, closing our house in Toronto, we lived in Port Carling for the summer. So we went back to the Muskoka roots and it was just, it was awesome. Wow. It worked out. It just did. And we pulled up and haven't looked back. Okay. So this is pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic, baby. We were ahead of the curve. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, I mean, like a lot of details leading up to like why and how the move you wrote about in the book that we both co-authored that it's coming out in May, which I'm so excited for everyone to read your story. But you are an entrepreneur. Yes. And you have multiple businesses. I do. So tell us about those businesses in which you had before you left or have grown since you arrived at Blue Mountain. Tell us more. Great question. So yes, when we decided to move, we could do that because I was running a business. So I, my first business is called Beyond Fundraising and I primarily work with nonprofits, both in Canada and the US, helping them produce better events and raise more money through their events. So we did everything from strategy through execution. So either we create something brand new for someone, so an event that didn't exist, but it's not just about the chairs and tables. It's about creating a brand and identity. It's a product. And we work with our clients a lot of the time to like an event is a product for a nonprofit, not always seen that way, but that was something that we, we did for them. And so I worked in the nonprofit sector previous to that. I was at SickKids Hospital Foundation, built and grew their event department, signature event department. I planned the very first ever weekend to end breast cancer, which was a 60-kilometer walk that then evolved into a 200-kilometer bike ride. So produced those all over Canada and the U.S. and really fell in love with the event side of things. And realizing as I you know, started my entrepreneurial journey, and when I reflect back, it's I actually always worked for startups without even sort of knowing it. So I made the pots and the I sewed when I was a kid and I attempted jewelry and, you know, went to the markets when the craft markets weren't cool. I, I used to, I had the perfect recipe for the scrunchie. Who knew I could have sold those for 200 bucks a pop? I used to give those to my friends for Christmas in jammy <laughs> jars from Muskoka Sands that people left behind. They'd get 40 of them. Now you can sell, buy them for 200 bucks. Anyways, so I had, apparently I was ahead of my time in the spreadsheet <laughs> business, but I was always entrepreneurial. And then, and then I realized when I went into businesses and worked for people, I was working for startups. I basically was handed a binder or an idea and it was like, and go do this. And so I finally decided to do it on my own. And I started beyond about eight years ago and grew that. And when we moved, it was, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very abundant person. I live in an abundant mindset and I, this, the nonprofit sector, I me mean, has non in the name. So that in itself can sometimes scream lack, but it had gotten to a point where, you know, as I looked at moving, what was next? What was I, what was I going to do? I didn't want to get like I wasn't closing shop, but for me, it's always what's what more. It's not what's next. It's not about searching for it's what else can I bring to the world? What else can I contribute? And so I'm moving to a small community. So I did my research and what's up here. Clearly it's an unvent, uh, untapped event market. There's lots of events that are happening, but what's, what's missing. And so I decided that a mobile beverage trailer, a vintage bar 
trailer was missing. So I found myself a vintage trailer and I thought I was going to convert it on my own. And I was like, yeah, no. So it's like, I said to my husband, I'm like, we can do this. He's like, no, we can't. And I was like, well, we can, but we're not going to. So there's a difference between can't and don't know how versus like, we're just not. I decided I was not going to try that by myself. So I hired an amazing company to help me refurbish her. Her name is Beatrice. You, uh, it's customary to name your bar. So, or not name your bar. Your trailer. Um, name your trailer. It happens to be a bar. So Beatrice means she who brings happiness. So we call her B for short. So, and she's someone like we talk about her, like she's a thing. So anyway, so I brought the B bar to the area and joined you know, the wedding community up here, I'd been in the wedding business years before and decided that's not where I was going to hang my hat as a planner. However, it was a thriving industry up here and I wanted to be a part of it. So the B-Bar was born. And then through that, realized that we needed some staff up here. And I, I've been very blessed in my career to work with some phenomenal people. And in order to do that, I've had to make sure that I continue to hone in my leadership skills. So I've had lots of people who want to work with me and that's been awesome. So that was easy to do. Uh, and then, and then I opened an Airbnb in my home. So added that to the mix. You know, they tell us entrepreneurs, you have to have multiple revenue streams. And so I did, but then the pandemic hit and it was like, Oh, actually every one of your multiple revenue, it's actually going to be illegal to run any of them. It's like, great. Thanks. Thank you. So that was awesome. So then (laughs) I love that you have a sense of humor coming out of two years of your, you kind of have to, I I mean, well, a sense of humor, I had a bar in my driveway. It was always here. (laughs) No one else was able to use it. So that worked out. So then it, you know, in starting the B bar, I had met, well, I'd, I'd tease her all the time. I'd stalked her and I actually had not like stood up front of her house, but I knew she was my, who became a business partner. So she ran the Georgian Bay Wedding Society that we became a part of, like with the B bar and what have you. And so I had my eyes on, on this gal, Amanda, and we became friends. And again, I knew everything about her. I knew what she was doing and she knew nothing of me. So hence maybe this stalking comment. But so we decided we were like, Oh my God, we were like minded. We really enjoyed each other's company. And, you know, she had just gone into her first year. Uh, she was literally heading into her very first year as an entrepreneur on her own full time. And so her entire wedding business got wiped out for the for, for the year, which was heartbreaking. I at least had been an entrepreneur for quite a few years now. And I had a bit more under my belt and she was ready to go and it was heartbreaking. And so we tried to keep each other's spirits high. And given where we lived, we were we had a lot more freedom up here than some of the big cities did. And so we still had this, you know, we still wanted to bring people together in a way that was safe and in a way that we were allowed. And so we were originally going to meet at this certain date that was in the calendar to talk about starting a larger destination management company up here to the point where we were like, oh no, we're just going to do pop-ups because that's all we're allowed to do. You could have two people get married 10 feet apart and no one can come. So we started another event business. We just kind of went, all right, our big event business is her big wedding business and my big corporate nonprofit business couldn't exist. We're like, great, we'll start something small. What can we do? Like, how can we, we literally created this business that 
moved with the time. So when it could just be two people, we did elopements. When it could be 10 people, we could do as, as, you know, a micro wedding. When we could have a hundred people gathered outside, we did, you know, bigger weddings. Cause again, we were able to in, in the outdoors. So we, we grew and adapted the business within the restraints of the pandemic, which was an incredible journey. And we were also able to that first summer, I don't even know what one of the two summers, we actually, there were so many restaurants up here that ended up like they didn't have patios and they had small indoor spaces and they weren't allowed to open yet. And so we started this outdoor dining series at our, at the vineyard up here where we brought in chefs and they cooked and they could have, you know, now they can feed 60 people and they could make some money and, you know, keep their staff employed and stuff. So we were able to do some incredible community work the first summer and still put money in some of our pockets that were hit hardest by the pandemic, which was just, it was incredible. It was I so proud to have been a part of it. You know, all of a sudden we're doing outdoor Christmas markets, freezing cold, snow on the ground, whatever, but that's what we had. And so we knew that we could create these spaces that people could still be together. And that was important to us. And I think if you sort of look at all of the businesses that I run, there is that common thread of, of people ha- enjoying life and making memories and being together, whether it's two people, even if it's by yourself, come hang out in the Airbnb on your own and do your own thing, what have you. It, it just, the motivation is for people to always be able to make memories and, and experience joy. And so that was a really cool thing to do during the pandemic. And I'm incredibly proud of the work that Amanda and I were able to do. And it also, you know, it was important to me with the B bar and then with the, the pop-up event company that Amanda and I started was to make, create something local. I, I knew one day I had the positive outlook and belief that my larger national company would come back to be something. But in the meantime, it was incredible to be a part of a community that knew to. But I didn't want to just be someone who came and lived here. I wanted to be someone who came and contributed. And to be able to have done that and employed people and created opportunities for people is something I'm, I'm incredibly proud of. And then all of a sudden, Amanda and I started winning awards for this business. We like, we won, you know, event planner of the year through tour star or something. And then all of a sudden we won the Toronto star award, platinum award for best event planning. And, you know, we just, we just started from a place that we were not going to give up and we were going to persevere. And, you know, I've been a tenacious person for a very long time and I wasn't about to have some, you know, global pandemic take me down. What? What? No, thank you. I can't see you, but it doesn't mean I can't be bigger than you. That's amazing. I love that. I love that story of it's pivoting, but it's more than that because you were starting something, but you were taking two businesses, like merging them together. Plus you were pivoting. I love it. That's amazing. The, do you feel now like you are, you're going to do it again? Like, are you going to, are you feeling like the tides are turning again or what, what do you think? Well, then we came into this summer and then, you know, I was like, what are we going to do? I started a picnic business that just exploded and like, but the picnic business was within the one, like I didn't get a whole new name and stuff. But what was amazing is that, you know, mid June, all of a sudden, you know, all gloves were off, so to speak, and you could start to do a lot more. And so it was the most insane summer. I 
you know, to have pulled off what we did both in our bigger businesses and in our joint business, all of a sudden the trailer was on the road and we're setting up picnics and we're, I also became a luxury balloon designer in this time because I was, it was a passion and I was like, I can do luxury balloons. So we did that as well. And again, like, again, it all does complement the summer was insane. I am incredibly grateful for the business coming back. I'm also incredibly grateful we were able to bring joy and memories to so many people. I will never do a summer like this again by myself or with just a business partner because it was crazy. It was, it was insane, but it was, you didn't know from one day to the next what it was going to be. And so you just, or I just went with it. You know, I didn't go to sleep on Fridays. Like I didn't, I, I realized I was like, oh my God, I didn't actually go to bed on Fridays because I'd wake up in the morning, but not come home until Saturday at like two in the morning, which is now Saturday. So I earned my gray hair. I think that's like, that is a common thing that I'm hearing from a lot of entrepreneurs, which is just like, they've been in the uncertainty for so long that they're just like, they just take it as it comes. And who knows, there might be a pivot or like, who knows what January brings. And I was just talking to somebody who's in the restaurant business and they're like, one week you want to like close up shop and never come back. And the next week you're like, okay, I think we can do this. I think yeah. this thing will be. And then all of a sudden we see people like canceling events over the holidays and we're like, okay, so, you know, maybe the vegan cookie platters aren't going to fly. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and there's just like a constant uncertainty and constant pivoting. And also I think what I'm hearing you say is like a blend of like what the opportunity is and the market or the area requires, but also what you're passionate about, what gets you like fired up, because that's probably what gives you the ability to not go to bed on Fridays. Fridays. I know, because I'm not young, so I'm not old either. I'm not dead, so I can keep going clearly because we're speaking. But I just, I think it was, it was my job. It was my job. It was my duty to show up. Like I chose to be in this field and I chose to hold hope. And Mm. so you can't just choose to hold hope. And then when it shows up, be like, I don't work that hard or, oh, I didn't want it to be this busy or, oh, this is my summer that I could go on vacation now that the world has opened up. Like it just, I didn't do all the work on myself for a year and a half and get up every morning at six o'clock and work with a coach and hold hope in my heart and my mind. And I know hope isn't a strategy, but you've got to hold on to something when the whole world basically says you are not allowed to do what you are doing. And we don't know when you will be able to. So I can have all the passion and heart in the world, but I also have a mortgage to pay for and I have kids to pay for and a life to pay for and literally have everything taken away from you, not by choice. It can either ruin you or not. And I chose the not. And Mm -hmm. that's where, whether it be a pivot or an adaptability or a constant evolution of myself and my businesses, you know, you can, you can pivot, but still fall down. You know, you can evolve and, and grow. And that was really what was important to me. I don't think anyone in my life would have been surprised if I got into bed and said, wake me up when I'm allowed to do what I do again. I just was like, okay. Here's where we're at. What can I do so I'm ready for when mm-hmm. they open the doors and I'm allowed to do it? Because I think the biggest mistake, not to say that I didn't have sad moments during this pandemic, but I definitely didn't have many because I chose to look forward. And, you know, like when they say, you know, you plant your roots so the tree can grow. And I did a lot of root planting <laughs> during the pandemic. 
which, you know, was hard sometimes. Those tree roots are big, but it just, it, that was my job. That was my job. My job was to be ready because to be ready means I can employ people and I can pay for things in my family again and I can grow. And my growth isn't just about me. My growth is about everything else that I will touch that adds to my business for others, whether it's the customer or the staff person or the product I buy. You know, given the job I'm in, if I'm if I'm employed, then that means so is the rental company guy, which means so is the caterer, which so there's a lot of people, you know, counting on me, not just my clients, but the team behind us that makes the day or the moment or the days or the whatever come to life. And if anything, I held hope for all of them as well. It's what allowed us to have an incredible summer and mm-hmm. then set us up for success. Cause you know, the lights are going to go on again. And if you're not ready, then you could crash and burn then where I'm ready now. Like, you know, the flip is switched and we may not be back to some of the big stuff that I've done in the past. And I look forward to do again. You know, I looked to my friends in the U.S. They're, they're opening up a bit more. They're ahead of us. And whether that's right or wrong, that's where they are in terms of live events and such. But, you know, I did training. I invested in designations for myself so that, you know, cause you know, someone's going to, it's, it's like we can't wear our clothes that we, you know, stopped wearing two years ago or like we can, but we're kind of bored of them. <laughs> but there's a reason why fashion turns over, you know, and so I always say to my clients, like, you can't put out the same product you put out two years ago. Mm-hmm. Keep the nostalgia, so but you can't put it back out. You should have fixed it then anyway as well. <laughs> we talked about some of my friends in the nonprofit space, but now you, now the onus is on you to change it because your customer is going to expect it. Your donor is going to expect it. Your client is going to expect it. So I'm ready for that. And, but again, that took a lot of mental you know, a lot of mental inside work for myself to be able to confidently sit here and say this and share this with you and, and your listeners. It, it meant I got up every day at 6 a.m. and did the work. It meant that, you know, those days I had those sad converse, those sad moments that it was like, I can't stay here forever. I'm allowed mm. to do it right now. Cause, you know, for sure. But I, my choice, I had a choice through this whole thing. As I believe in life, you do have a choice. The world's either happening for you or to you. And I believe the world's happening for me. And so having that mindset truly allowed me to grow and expand in ways I never thought possible. And there's a lot of things that I'm incredibly grateful for during this time that wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have known before. Mm-hmm. So there's a long-winded answer on me being an entrepreneur and all my businesses. (laughs) I love it. I love that. What was something that, so you invested in a coach, you mentioned that, Mm -hmm. which I think is completely an underestimated thing for people that are listening that are in corporate. Mm -hmm. I think think it's an entrepreneur thing and that I just feel like in my corporate days, if I had had a mindset coach, I would have been unstoppable, (laughs) right? I didn't understand the value of it until I was an entrepreneur. For sure. And And I just, I, I always had a coach or a therapist or someone like I, I always knew I couldn't do it alone. And what, where it became more apparent for me is when I became an entrepreneur, as much as I was really excited to tell the world I was a CEO and I owned my own thing, I had a staff that I was responsible for. I had a team that 
counted on me to be better every day so their lives could be better every day. And if, and if the buck stopped with me and I wasn't challenged somewhere else, then I was doing a disservice to myself and others. And so I had no choice but to have a coach. Like to me, then why be a not like why lead a company? So to your point, like why be a leader in business if you don't have someone to hold yourself accountable? Because we can convince ourselves of a lot of things and a coach, a coach will help you with your shortcomings. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And but it's so, so much different than a leader, like yes. in corporate where you have that like boss or manager, leader, whatever you have, <laughs> right, which are very different. They are doing their job, I guess, for you is a lot different than somebody like a coach. And I, yeah. I just know there was I was in a culture where so much personal growth and development was available to me. And there was always like a carrot, right? Like there was always something, a program or something I could participate in, but an outside perspective and a coach that was like leading me, it would have been such an amazing investment in my career, right? Like a yeah. personal investment in my career. I always, am, I always am like, wow, there's so many moments in my like late twenties where <laughs> I couldn't use that. The key time. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So I love that you did the coach. You got up every day. What were some of the other things that you did? Like if someone was listening to this and they're like, I have, I maybe have an idea I'm considering. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've got something full-time. Maybe they're already an entrepreneur, but they have a new idea. Like what would be your advice to them? Those like daily or weekly things that they could make sure they're doing to be in a place to have like the kind of determination and hope and perseverance that you had. I think it's, well, for me, it's holding, holding the vision and, and having the belief in yourself that it's possible. And because you ha you have to see it before you create it because if you don't it's not going to happen and and I had to invest in myself and my ideas with the end goal in mind well one piece of advice is do it like when i have an idea i'm like cuz i'm not afraid to fall down and and i get it some people are you know afraid to lose money and what have you i did all this investing in myself i've spent more money on coaching and certifications and PR coaches and all that bit because the person with my ultimate goal needed those things to get to the ultimate goal. So you can't, you can't get to the finish line without the stuff in the middle and everybody wants to wait till they get there to do the investing, but you can't because you're never going to get there. It's kind of, but that's a mind shift, right? So <laughs> I had to invest in my certification in my marketing certification to become a story brand coach so I could become a story brand coach so I could have something else to offer to my customers and my clients. And so I could be better educated to go forth with a model. So I couldn't become one without doing the investment. So I think you just, you have to hold, you have to have an end goal in mind. It can move, like believe me, my stuff moves, but I'm not afraid to do it. I'm not afraid. You know, my friends are always like, you just, and, and people observe me and it just the way my head works, but I just do it. So I want to, oh, so I'm watching what's happening in my marketplace. So anybody can do that. You're sort of paying attention or you've got an idea. And I'm like, okay, so balloons, you can't eat, you can't be inside. You can't be outside. The balloon stores are closed, but I don't have to be closed. So I can invest a little bit of money. I know where to buy balloons. There are online courses. Believe me, there's so much work. <laughs> there's so much balloon stuff once you're out there. You can, you can find anything you're looking for. So you don't have to technically do it by yourself. And I invested in it. I did some courses. I did some stuff so that I could 
be a balloon designer. I know, right? All of a sudden, I'm a mobile bar guy person. Like, you just, you have to do it. You have to take action. If you don't take action, nothing can happen. I can talk about all of this until the cows come home. But the reason I might be an expert or I might be someone worth listening to is because I didn't just talk about the idea. I actually turned the idea into something that then turned it into money and a job and a career, not just for myself, but for others as well. And so again, you have to, you have to have that mindset of, of just anything's possible. Cause I, I, I like, I believe anything is possible, but you have to do it for it to become a thing. <laughs> like you and I could have talked about wanting to write a book together. We should be in a book together. Great. We could talk about it forever, mm-hmm. but we actually did it. Right. Like good. Hopefully people will buy it outside of the 12 authors, but like, you know, no different than I'm like, maybe my mom will buy herself balloons when I make my first lo- like balloon garland. I've got friends, but even if that's where you start, like it's, you got to start somewhere and mm-hmm. you didn't ha- like, we're all unique and you, the ideas you have, you can talk yourself into like, no, I'm not the first balloon garland gal, but how I run my business and what I do in the design that I see or how I run an event. I'm not the only wedding planner out there. I'm not the only mobile bar owner out there. I'm not the only marketer out there. People who don't even go to school say they're everything that I do. <laughs> I just actually went to school to do most of it. But I did it. So it makes me that. Like, I'll never forget when I started running and not away from things or two things, but like actually started running. I don't do that anymore. But I'll never forget. I was in the running room and I invested in the running because I was like, I don't know. I'd like someone to teach me how to run. Like, I'm not afraid of having a coach. And so we're sitting in the running room thing and like, you are a runner now. I'm like, I put my hand up. I was like, so, so I'm not a run. I just need to like, like, I'm not a runner because I don't want you to expect me to like be able to run. <laughs> Hence the like beginning running program I'm in. She goes, well, absolutely, you're a runner. You're here. You are a runner. Yes, I am a runner. <laughs> and it, it just, it was like, I owned it. Okay, I'm a runner. Yes, but it changed everything because then I thought like a runner. So what would a runner do in this situation? Well, they would have good shoes. They would not wear a skirt. Like, <laughs> like you thought like a runner. So it's like, oh, I don't have a side hustle or I'm like... I'm just, I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, I'm a fucking entrepreneur and I am a CEO and I have multiple businesses. And, you know, some of my friends will be like, oh, so like, is it really a job? Uh, No, I'm sorry. It's actually not a job. I've created something from nothing and I've created an empire, quite frankly. And I hire people and I add to the economy in more ways than, than others. So, you know, it's just, it's, I'm a runner. Yep. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so good. (laughs) So. Oh my gosh. Okay. Be a runner. Is it? Yeah. Be a runner. And maybe that's the episode title. There we go. Okay. So, so what kind of any like podcasts, books, anything that you think people should be like paying attention to right now? I would say pay attention to the stuff you're interested in. Like mm. I, I run through, like I have things that I love. Like if you're interested in marketing right now, check out StoryBrand and Donald Miller. You can't go wrong. Marketing made simple. Dr. JJ. You know, he's like a big heart, H-E-A-R-T, <laughs> on for him. Everything to me, Donald Miller touches as an entrepreneur, turns to gold. It's got an incredible, like if you're an entrepreneur, invest and I can help you. Like the business made simple programs. There's so much learning. I like, I went back to reading magazines because I find them inspiring. So I, you know, I would suggest go get yourself a house and home or a Chatelaine or in style or 
just get a couple magazines in, in the field that you're interested in. And then the field you're not interested in from a job perspective, because you can find so much inspiration. I would also say go walk outside, like yeah. actually go and be in the air and, mm-hmm. and be mindful of it and do it because it brings clarity, not just because it's a good exercise thing, which is a bonus. And, you know, I have a dog and which has been great because it allowed me to do more walking. But sometimes I need to leave the dog at home because I don't get to be as with myself if I'm with the dog as well. And so I would say, you know, make sure you take a walk and talk by yourself. Journal, you know, even Mm -hmm. if it's three things you're grateful for, some of this is cliche stuff, but I'm sorry, it works. Mm -hmm. Like literally it works. It and, And some of that helps you be, you know, mindful of your goals in terms of it keeps you present. Wouldn't you rather live a grateful life? I would. So I just, I think it's, it's listen and learn and from different places. Don't just stick to one and listen. Listening has been a big part for me this year is listening to different voices and taking feedback and asking for feedback. I love that advice. That's great. Are you like the actual bartender of this big bar or, <laughs> or are you hiring bartenders? Well, if you talk to my husband, he'll tell you I'm just a bartender. I, this summer, the whole thing with B started that I wanted to just do one job. I didn't want to be responsible for all the jobs. And so this summer, I was the lead bartender and event planner where, and I had staff who came with me. My goal with the B bar is to build it to be a business that someone else runs. So it's still in my umbrella of, of companies. But that I don't necessarily, I get to choose a few events that I go to because it's so fun. And all of a sudden, I like I was getting tips. It, like I didn't even, I didn't even move, but like put that in the revenue stream. All of a sudden we were getting tips. I was like, what? Yeah. I just didn't even think about it. So people were incredibly generous. It was awesome. Great. So yes, I did do some bartender, but I'm not that a bartender so by trade. I am truly an event planner by trade. And to show up with just the B is pretty awesome because... And I would actually say, like, this is something that's been incredible. It's like almost do the job you grew out of again. So one of the things when I first moved to Blue, and just when you asked me about something, because so when I moved to Blue, I didn't know anyone. I live across the street from a resort. I didn't know anyone. As I shared earlier, like I heard you could get discounts and stuff. So I was like, why not? So anyways, I... Yeah, like I, I was evolving my business. I didn't know where I was going to fit. And I'm like, do I get a full-time job at the mountain or do I get a part-time job? And I was like, no, I get a part-time job because I realized I got all the perks. So I got a job. So I'm a CEO of a national company and I move here. <laughs> International company. I've got clients across the country and I got a job as a bus liaison. So I put on the Blue Mountain snowsuit and I got on school buses for three hours, two mornings a week. And I welcomed students to Blue Mountain and I took them to their rentals. I literally got on a bus and welcome, gave them the rules, told them what the blue black diamonds, like don't go on those meant. And I took them to rentals and I had leaders that were half my age. I worked with people that, you know, were starting in their careers and I just went in and I owned my role as the bus liaison. And it brought me and I, it introduced me to incredible people. It brought me a lot of joy and it reminded me that no job's too little mm-hmm. and there's a job for everybody to do. And similarly with the B bar is I know that I could be running the whole thing and it allowed me 
in both, what I think came to me is, is, you know, where I went on that little tangent was that what came to me is both is that I could contribute in such a bigger way, given my knowledge. I didn't have to if I didn't want to, but that would be selfish. But I could give and I could offer so much more, but I wouldn't necessarily be able to offer what I offered if I went in as the big wig. Hmm. So to show up as as the little guy, like, you know, in the org chart meant that I almost had more influence because I wasn't their bar mm-hmm. or I wasn't the event planner or I wasn't the one in charge. And so it created a different dynamic and it it was an incredible, I, I, I don't have an ego or I, I guess I, sorry, that's an ego-ish thing to say. My ego doesn't drive what I do. And I think, you know, to tell some of the people once I got my like bus liaison job, I was like, I was proud. And I took it seriously and I, I, I owned it. I didn't like, I worked inside those parameters and it just, yeah, it's just humbling at times. And I think, you know, again, on the high end to be a CEO and make sure I'm constantly changing and growing and getting the coach side of things. You know, I always think of Lisa Listen at FedEx who, you know, has gotten on the trucks. She's quite an inspiration and a pretty incredible woman. And I've had the opportunity to have her mentor me over time. But Lisa Listen got on the trucks. And she did the job of her delivery people. And you then just have so much more, I think, heart and passion and empathy for people. And so I would say if you can take a job that's below you doesn't feel right, but take a job you haven't done in years Mm -hmm. and do it at times if the time allows, my world allowed me to do that. But it was pretty incredible. I love that. You know, we always, when I was in corporate, we always had people do part of their training at store level, which was always so impactful. But I'm smiling to myself as you say this, because since I've been living in a smaller town, I noticed that people just do what they love to do. So if they used to be like in the city doing some big fancy job, but now they really love to make jam or bartend, they just do it. And I love it because as like a serial entrepreneur that like constantly needs variety, here, it's very much embraced, whereas I was always like kind of the weird one with the hobby when I was living in the city. Totally. And, and I've actually like I was a bartender in my 20s and I worked in like I worked in bed and breakfast like long before Airbnb. But now since coming back into the smaller town, there's been ways for me to like bring back the bartender of <laughs> curtsy right? version. And like even I started like managing a couple of my friends like rentals and I'm doing like Airbnb stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, I loved this. Like, and I loved the tips, <laughs> right? That was so much fun. It's and so much fun. It can like, it just gives you like this whole other experience. But one of the things that always happened to me when I was working in corporate and living in the city, we would ask people if you had a year off, you knew you could come back to your job and all your bills are going to be taken care of. What would you do with that year? And so often it was like the bus liaison. It was mm-hmm. run an Airbnb. It was like deliver flowers or work for Canada Post. <laughs> or like, yep. they were always like the things that we were like, wow, those are, that's really cool. Like those are the things that you guys would do. I loved asking people that question. That's what it's making me think of. You got to see this experience that people were having, but from such a different level than planning the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think there's something about switching up your environment and giving yourself like a really fresh perspective that highlights for you 
what the opportunities are, yeah. which is probably what led to all of your creativity and all the businesses that you've started since then. Totally. Well, I also, I like, I don't do anything without, again, that end goal. I want to know what they're doing. I'm like whispering because they're there, like they're listening in. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to, like, I needed to know what was happening over there. So I knew yes. how I could sell them stuff. Like, yes. or where, like, it's a resort. So they're going to have staff I want to hire eventually. Or how can I make their lives better? Or what can I add? I didn't know what to add if I hadn't gone inside. <laughs> So like, yeah. it was, it was very much do something else to like, to, to have that moment where I just got to be a bus liaison. But I literally have just hired one of the girls that I worked with. She's starting full time with me next year. I've had like half my B-bar bartenders were from there and they became my friends and my employees. And, you know, to, to bring joy both to me and to them has been incredible. And, and now I know what they need over there. So now I know what to sell them. So, you know, there's, again, there was a, there was a goal in mind. It doesn't always have to be a lesson. It doesn't always have to be a goal, but it kind of does, or at least for me, it does. Nothing isn't for naught, I guess, mm-hmm. for yeah. me. So I, that. I wanted to know what was going on. So I found out. Good for you. And now they hire, you know, we do work with their corporate clients as their corporates are coming back. So because now they know me. So they also know they can trust me and their staff like to work with me and I've contributed to the community. So now, you know, I'm not just some event planner that came from the city. I'm actually a part of the community. And that was incredibly important to me. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. That really covers all of my questions. It really does. <laughs> like, I know we could probably talk forever, but yes. I thank you so much for your time and oh my gosh, for sitting down to do this with me. And I'm so excited to see what comes of these businesses in 2022. And I'm so excited for you as a first time author. I can't wait right. until launch and all the links of where to find the many businesses of Amy are going to be in the show notes and We will also make sure you know where to connect with her online so you can see pre-sales of her book and all the things. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. She makes powerful waves, big, bold moves, and listens to the whispers of her wild soul. Whisper is my newest co-authored book, a collection of 16 beautiful stories from amazing women. You are going to find so much hope and feel so seen in the pages of Whisper. This book is in pre-sale in February and March. All signed copies that are brought in pre-sale will be shipped out in early April. And April 12th, we hit Amazon and local bookstores. Thank you guys so much for all of your support with my books. I absolutely love writing and I do it because I really enjoy it. I really enjoy writing and creating and bringing women together to share their stories. This book is one of those books where you're getting like the behind the scenes, maybe the not told versions of everything that went into the life you see on Instagram. Okay, like let's think about it like that. We love behind the scenes stories, right? Our culture loves them. The untold story, you know, the podcast story series that we follow along with, this is what this book is. It's short, little insights into a woman's life, maybe the moments that she didn't listen to her intuition or the moments that she finally started listening to her intuition, the unexpected things that she was thrown 
and what she reflected on on the other side of navigating through it. It's a beautiful collection, guys. You guys are going to love this book. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. Remember, Whisper is available in pre-sale until early March, okay? And those signed copies will be shipped early April, and then it will be available to everybody on Amazon April 12th. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.